gather up your best regalia. We're all strutting by azaleas. Party in that hot house round the block. Oh, shovel on up for our greenhouse. I don't remember the rest of the greenhouse stomp. Let's put on our best regalia. There it is. We're all walking amongst azaleas. Thanks, Dandy. So that was Danny Wellington, Greenhouse Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Not by us, but by him. Yes. And I am Abby. And I am Lauren. And you are listening to Fashion History with American Duchess. And we are back. We're still back. We haven't left yet. We, We're still we here. We promise we did not forget we had a podcast, even though it totally seemed that way. Yes. For like a year. Do you know that Bernadette actually, Bernadette Banner scolded me yesterday we've, about that? We've been getting scolded by many people, which means if somebody takes the time to write the email or the message to be like, hey, you idiots, like, <laughs> where's your podcast? I think we better do it. So we are in the podcast studio at the University of Nevada Innovation Center. It's a um, pun on Nevada. We promise it's not actually spelled wrong. They did that on purpose. Because Nevada. Uh, and so we have to thank them for that. Uh, we don't have to, but we're going to. So here we are. We hope our sound quality is good. And today we are talking about our second book that came out almost a year ago. The, Ameri- <laughs> the American Duchess Guide to 18th Century Beauty. Yes. You've probably seen us talking about it on live casts. You've seen us putting up posts videos. and sharing pictures and videos. But we've never really told the story of the, podca- of, uh, on of the this, podcast of this book on I the think podcast. Actually, one of the reasons why the podcast kind of took an took a nap nap was let's call it a dump it took a dump (laughs) it just got pushed to the back was because this book came out and then like we were growing and the funny story the business finally hired more people to help us do everything so now we have more time to do podcasts (laughs) yay yes yes there was there was a lot going on Um, yeah it's been a busy couple years yes it has Uh, it's a book too and in in those years we wrote a second book uh the american duchess guide to 18th century beauty so this this book is is most definitely a follow-up to the first one. Absolutely. Page Street Publishing was our publisher again. Lauren Knowles was our editor. She's fantastic. Extraordinaire. And Page Street asked us to do a second book uh, right hot on the heels, the mm-hmm. on-publication day of the first one, mm-hmm. which was in November of 2017. That wow. seems like a really long time ago now. By the way, guys, Chrissy and Nicole are also in the studio, so you might hear them in the background. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and immediately it was like, it has to be beauty because in the first book we talk about dressmaking, we make millinery and we make mm-hmm. gowns and we make accessories, but we really don't address, I think we, in very one very small place, do we address the hair and the makeup, yes. which for this century in particular is pretty Crucial. vital. <laughs> it's pretty like, if you don't get that right, you're just not going to, no, you're just not going to look right. Well, the other thing is too, is actually in the first book, everyone's hair was, and makeup was done using, you know, natural, pom- like, 18th century pomades and powders and rouges and colors. So and when you look at the first book, 18th Century Guide to Dressmaking, everyone's makeup is historically accurate. We're using historically accurate products, but we don't talk about it. We don't, we don't, yeah, we maybe have, like, a sentence because I'm like, please, we got to say something about the cosmetics. Um, well, and but one of the reasons we didn't go we didn't into have space. it. space. Yeah, there was, it's this whole Thing. And those of you who have the beauty book will see, like, that's another 240-page book, and we still didn't get it all in there. No. This came from Abby's area of research, uh, what hole. you're passionate about. Which we have other episodes of me talking about on indeed, here. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, about hair and makeup uh, in the 18th century. And it needed to be kind of codified, I guess, if you will, published yeah. with pictures and visuals and how-to, because it's not something that's been published as a kind of a 
opus, I guess, before, all in one place, all together, explaining how all the products worked Mm -hmm. and then applying them practically and showing people because there's a lot of misinformation about how people did their yeah. hair. Oh and my gosh! Yeah. Cleaned their well, that's hair. That's the problem <laughs> is that the whatever is published out there, and I publishes in massive air quotes. Um, it's usually really old, and it's really biased, and it's based off mythology. And there's also, for lack of a better term, it's a bit of a circle jerk of misinformation. Like people just. <laughs> They keep repeating themselves because the thing is, like, with acad- academia and, and anyone who's in even high school and basic English classes or research classes are taught this, that you to have a quote-unquote credible source, it has to be published in some capacity. Like, online publication, at least when we were in undergrad and in high school, it wasn't valid. Like You weren't allowed to use Wikipedia, guys. Yeah, and the hilarity about <laughs> Wikipedia now is, like, they have, it's to, actually cite, pretty good. They have to cite their sources. Um, but you have to have, like, valid websites like .gov, .edu, .org, like .coms weren't okay. And, and so what this means is that when you're trying to publish something and you're looking at academia, at least back in the oldie times, you had to do books. And so then this is where we have this continuation of misinformation because a book published in the 1970s and the 1930s where they didn't have to cite their sources. Cunnington. Cunnington. Uh, <laughs> that is the hill right you now. die on, isn't it? <laughs> Cunnington! <laughs> ah! Um you know, like when I was at Platt Hall in Manchester, I I was like, I'm in the den of the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> nothing was cited. But nothing was cited back in the oldie times. But when you're trying to publish something in like the 70s and then the 90s, and so it becomes this perpetuation of misinformation. So we have now a plethora of primary sources at our disposal, thanks to the internet. And so yeah, many, many, many years ago, I started going down this rabbit hole at my old job, but now there's even more information freely available. And so you're starting to see more people doing research. So like, um, one of our sources that we actually use in the book um, that we used a lot was Emily Markowitz, um, or Emma Markowitz. I am so sorry if I butcher your name, I apologize. Um, because it's actually a free PhD and she studied the, in the university of Warwick, she studied the hair trade. And so this is a great academic resource that came available, but it came available around the same time I was doing my research. So we're just now starting to see it come out. So our book is, as far as I'm aware, the first book that addresses everything with 18th century beauty that is cited, that is sourced, that was actually put out by a major publication. Um, So it's very exciting for us because we just went, hello, game. Game has now changed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's also again. It's this podcast is now coming out quite a long time after this yes. book was published, and it's very exciting to see people experimenting yes. with pomade and powder and mm-hmm. making the recipes and playing with the hair cushions and upping their game in that way too. Because mm-hmm. this is even more so than our first dressmaking book. This is the experimental archaeology, like at its finest. It's mm-hmm. Make the stuff according to the recipes and then use it. And learn the why of what people were doing. Because we love to make assumptions here in the modern future world that people oh, were Lord. dirty and smelly and nasty Spoiler. in the past. And they weren't. They, well, weren't. they didn't wear deodorant. But <laughs> <laughs> but it was a different time. And these are different methods mm-hmm. of hygiene. Mm-hmm. Of keeping yourself clean and, and we, with treating your hair. We talk about hygiene specifically in an episode. And I'll post the link in the description below. So if people want to go back and listen to an old episode where we actively talk about things like hygiene and hair care... It is there. I think it's even called, do they have bugs in their hair? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, the book covers all of that. It covers how to use it, how to make it. It does some myth busting as well. Another myth that uh, we both 
have a hill that we're going to die on is the lack of clown makeup. <laughs> that is also a massive pet peeve of mine, full disclosure, is, is when people apply 18th century makeup and it looks clownish. Um, very, like white face paint with very, very red cheeks. And yes. It's, um, I think maybe that started in theatrical world, which, can, you know, on the that stage makes it makes sense. sense. Yeah, operas but and everything. People yeah, sure. didn't, one, white makeup, white lead makeup is specifically talked about in primary sources mm-hmm. as being dangerous. It was very well known. Did yes. some people use it? Yes. yes. Was it known to rot your skin off your face? Yes. yes. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's just like today. I, I think people kind of forget this, you know, Botox. Botulism. Yeah. Like it, it, it's a poison, <laughs> but people still put it in their face to, to make themselves more attractive. Um, silicone, you know, for implants. I mean, that's massive surgery and people will put silicones in their body and then the silicone bit can leak and then they can get really really sick does that stop people from doing it no has it killed people i'm pretty sure it has but it hasn't stopped people so yeah like white lead based face makeup it's the botox of the 18th century it's the silicone injection like implants of the 18th century but when you look at portraiture that's my big thing it's like when you look at portraiture when you look at original images you don't see clowns or I'd be terrified. I would be having nightmares because <laughs> clowns scare me. Do you see a heavy rouge? Absolutely, you can, but you don't see clowns. And that's the difference. Yes. Yeah. So to kind of back it up a little bit, mm-hmm. for those who don't know, the book covers the second half of the 18th century. It's like one thirds. Well, it's the 1750s. Oh, I was thinking like 1740s. Like 40s. I was trying to. Well, the 17, the, the, <laughs> the hairstyle that we start with. Yeah. Um, the the coiffure francaise we start with that one because that's kind of how the hair was for many decades yeah and we call it 1750s but it is the 1740s is like that in france the 1730s is like that in france there is a pretty big difference between france and england at those periods but at the 50s is where you begin to see the change start Mm -hmm. to happen where the hairstyles change very quickly uh, sometimes several times in one decade, they yeah. become significantly different. And that's why we chose to start there mm-hmm. with the origin point of the 50s. And sometimes people will say, well, you know, what, what were they doing in the Pirates. 30s? What were they doing at 1700? It's like, well, that. Basically, they were doing that. It was like they had the little horns. Um, and the other thing is, too, is the primary sources weren't necessarily as readily available at that point in time. Like at this, at, at the, where we start in the 1740s or 50s, we have, I have totally blanked on his name. Your your Legro. thank you. I was like, my boy. I was gonna say your boy. I got my two boys. I yeah. got Legro and, and I got Leonard. <laughs> but, and but, they hated each other. Legro <laughs> <laughs> Le, Le published his work, so we're starting to see primary sources come out at this time yeah. too. And even trying to figure out what was going on because we try to talk about the origin of pomade and powder, mm-hmm. um, which is a delightful oh, little yes. mystery. And we keep I keep finding um, new things too. Way mm-hmm. way 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 back, mm-hmm. other primary sources are talking about the origin of of powder being used in the hair. Mm-hmm. in the 16th century yeah and like how far back does it go because in the 18th century and this is in the book mm-hmm. uh, as well you have writers saying oh it started with the marquise de montespan yeah uh, you know the mistress one of the mistresses of louis yeah. the 14th it was her she did it yes and yet you find other references you find other references for earlier than that and then it's sort of like but why why did she suddenly just start everything has an origin everything mm-hmm. can be tracked back to something mm-hmm. at some time so we're actually not sure where the use of pomade and powder really, really starts. No, it's a you got you to go way, way back in time, and you start to see hair that looks powdered and hair that, that 
is on sculptural forms mm-hmm. at the turn of the 17th century. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, wait a second. Wait a second. It's really know. familiar. Mm, how are they doing that? It's not shiny. Yeah, it looks, you know, okay. Mm. Anyway, so that that's in there. We talk about the origin. We talk about, it. part of this is also, it's a cookbook. Mm-hmm. Part of it <laughs> is a sewing book. Mm-hmm. And part of it is a hairstyling manual. Yes. It There's is, a it, lot of information. Many things. It's many, many things. So, yeah. Favorite hairstyle? Ooh. Go. I should have read these questions before we started. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hate me for this. I think my favorite hairstyle is the coiffure Francaise, <laughs> the 1751, which Abby, she, Abby was the model for this. You'll see her in the book. She absolutely hated it, every minute of it. <laughs> but I, I like this hairstyle because... <laughs> No, I'll, I'll let you say why you like it, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my defense for a second. <laughs> like once you're done. It was the last one we did. It was the last one we did. Um, no, keep going. Oh, I get to. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can say why you. Why and then you, she's why gonna you say it. why she hated it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I liked this one because I. It's it's not one of the super huge high ones uh, <laughs> that we associate with all of the 18th century, but we're only actually in fashion mm-hmm. for about 10 years. But it's that origin point. And I read so much of, and translated so much of Legros' work, and I read all of Leonard's autobiography. And looking at the techniques that were being used in the 1750s and the early 1760s and, and how they influenced what was to come, I just, got, I, I just nerded out hard mm-hmm. on it. And then creating that hairstyle, which was surprisingly easy. Yes. Um, I had a lot of fun doing it. Like, it looked the part, and I was like, well, sweet, cool. Like, nobody's ever going to do this hairstyle, but there it is. <laughs> so why did you hate this? Okay, I didn't. <laughs> you thought it didn't look good on you. So in my defense, <laughs> I'm a very vain person, and I own that. I am a Taurus sun, Libra rising, Libra moon. Venus <laughs> rules my chart, and Venus is also in Taurus. Y'all, I am vain. I own this. And I just didn't think it was the best look on me. <laughs> the, but Let, let's just put it this way. In the first book where I wore the peasant dress, <laughs> I took one for the team. In the second book, <laughs> Abby wore the, the coiffure says she took one for the team. And I was also like, um, it, my bangs were not the right length. And so like- They were even, a little puffy. Yeah, they were. It was just like the proportions weren't like exactly right. But what I actually love about it, and this is, this is my own like screwed up sense of humor, is like I look at those photos of me and I look so dead behind. <laughs> shoot um it's kind of the way this worked with all of these is we did we cried every to, time we did start to finish the hairstyle we were in the the photo studio all day all day from start to finish to the beauty shots at the end that's what we did for that day so yes. we don't take a break in there we did it we never through. had time and in abby's in abby's photo shoot we were using this chair this beautiful oh chair my God. It was her grandfather's chair. He had refinished it. He and refinished he the chair. He passed away. Antique. Yes. <laughs> and you said something about, like, the chair was a little wobbly. And you said yeah. something about, like, what did you call your grandfather? Papa. Papa. Mm-hmm. Uh, my great-grandfather was Papa, too. Uh, something about Papa, like, not approving or something. And she sat, like, I had just. I was sitting in the she chair. She was sitting in the chair. I had just finished um, creping the front of your hair with the hot iron. And I could hear it starting to creep. It was, yeah. And I took the hot iron off, and I went to take the photo, and the chair broke. She but like, it wasn't, it wasn't, like, quick. It was, like, the slow motion where I was like, Lord. And it was chair. Just, it collapsed. It didn't just, like, break. Like, it just 
it just let go. <laughs> like all the legs are like, cause my mom, bless her. My mom, like over when she came out for Christmas, she's like, I'm going to fix the chair. And then she was like, I can't fix this. I'm like, no we, mom. We used it for the entire book. Everybody yes. sat, sat in that chair. And the mm-hmm. very last, it was like the second to last photo or something. It was nuts. In that chair, this chair broke. And, I landed, she just and I'm sitting in like with my hair cranked with this on. And I'm just like, butt on the ground. Still in the chair because the chair body itself, it was the legs that gave out. I'm still in the chair, just sitting there, and like Lawrence is holding the string and I'm laughing my ass off. And I'm so sad we didn't get it on camera. It was very funny. I forgot about it. Yeah, that's my favorite memory from the book. (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. No, it's funny. But uh, yeah, I was just, I was just being vain. But but what was cool about that is. And there's a bad story of me on Instagram was when we took my hair out, I was able to get it into like the 17 teens horns at the front. Well, creep, the creeping. creeping. Yeah. It makes your and hair so like I was, clay. Yeah. So it was, it was fun. So Abby, what is your favorite hairstyle from the book? <laughs> my favorite hairstyle is Cynthia's. Um, the coiffure banal. Banal. For the record, guys, we made up pretty much all the names. Yeah. They're pretty much all I think fake. there's only one that actually has a, a real name and I can't remember which, which one, one it is. Which Oh no! It was only one bonnet that had a name. Yeah, we made up all the uh, names. Yeah, everything. All the names are fake. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's a, a joke. joke. <laughs> we we did that on purpose. If you don't know us, we we like to be cheeky. Yeah. So the coiffure bonnet on <laughs> Cynthia, the one that is on the cover, it's mm-hmm. one of the most complex hairstyles. Yes, but it was just so nice. Like, Cynthia's a redhead, and redheads are blessed with like just loads and loads and loads of hair. And when her hair was pomaded and powdered, it became just so beautiful. Like and I love strawberry this color. blonde. And it's just behaved so nicely. That's and funny you so say that because doing those vertical buckles on the side of Cynthia's head made me want to punch a baby. <laughs> she won't actually punch a baby, ladies and gentlemen. Please don't panic. Um, but no. Well, the, the that was the thing. It's like there was tons of – it came out beautifully. And then the proto-poof that we did for it was super fun. And Cynthia just looked amazing, like, in the sack. It was just a really gorgeous – like, everything was just scrumptious. Um, but but what happened is – um. It, there's a point in time in the photo shoots and it's always around a buckle because buckles are usually last. So yeah, in the, Cynthia's, the, curl, the curls of the hair, curls. Said, the big curls. So in Cynthia's case, it was the vertical buckles. And this is the point where whoever's been doing the hair the most has been on their feet the most usually reaches their breaking point because you can't just do the hair style like because people go oh it took hours to do hair and it's like no it didn't actually take hours to do hair if you're just doing it it took us hours because we had to photograph every, every step, step. Of the way. and we had to make it perfect because this is for the book like we can't just be like we also hair. have hair that is not cut mm-hmm. for the style and we have hair that is not trained uh, and what i mean by trained is like you don't mm-hmm. wear your hair like this every day no like when you try and do a side part on the, the yeah. other side and your yeah. hair's like no i want to go back and your hair's like <laughs> um so so we had all these challenges and so there was always a point where because I, I did this so many times where I would just like hand off the needle and be like I'm done I'm done I'm gonna go cry for like five minutes and come back and it was always like and by the end of it we were so good at like pinpointing that moment to the being like okay we're the, at the breakdown the my break. face is hot my heart is pounding yeah. my palms are sweating my mom's spaghetti hurt. I haven't ate all day like I need a break um 
So like that was a challenge. But when it came to how clean the hairstyle was, I just really, really like Cynthia's. And every time yeah. I see a photo of Cynthia from the book, I'm like, oh, it looks good. So good. That is a really so, good one. So we good. did some cool stuff on that. Yeah. And Jasmine's was really fun too. Jasmine's was the easiest to mm-hmm. do, I mm-hmm. think. That's the grub, or we call it the coiffure chenille, yes. which is just French for grub. Grub. <laughs> Caterpillar. Um, and Jasmine, it, she was one of our women of color mm-hmm. in the book. And it was fascinating to do her hair because she mm-hmm. had a, um, what was her hair type? 3C? No, it wasn't quite. 4C is, is the curliest 3C. Then yes, she's it 3C. It was 3C. Mm-hmm. And that is the hair type or the hair texture mm-hmm. that white women were trying yes. to achieve yes, by, creping. by creping their hair. And once your hair is creped mm-hmm. or it naturally has that texture, it just goes into these forms and it's just like bam. super easily because mm-hmm. it has that loft and texture and it holds together. So Jasmine's hair went together very, so, very quickly. And those photos also look amazing. She looks awesome. But it was a great learning experience for us too, because we had to do some things differently. Um, to to be able to achieve a similar look but we didn't we wanted to honor jasmine's curls and we wanted to honor the women of color from the 18th century who wore their hair in these hairstyles as well we didn't want to whitewash jasmine if you will and and so but we had to figure out how to do buckles because her hair because it was 3c we had to be like okay because the last thing you want to do with like 1a hair like what we have is is straighten it like if you straighten my hair hello i look like it's, a wet it's dog very it is lanky very bad and slick but like jasmine's we had to hit it real fast with a straightening iron just to kind of like loosen the curl up a little bit and then curl it over itself and it was perfect because it still had that loftiness and it was great but it was an awesome learning experience for you, us too. you could really see how having the texture in the hair with mm-hmm. the buckles was extremely important, but we didn't mm-hmm. tease. We didn't need no, to tease. No, we didn't need we, to. No way that we would have. No. Very, very curly hair is bad idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's interesting because we tried to write a book with enough hair types in it, which was challenging to find models for. Absolutely. <laughs> to because what works for my hair doesn't necessarily work for Abby's. I learned mm-hmm. that the hard way. What mm-hmm. works for Abby's hair isn't going to work for Jenny's hair. Mm-hmm. Asian hair type doesn't work the same for Nicole. Jasmine's or Nicole's hair. All, everybody's very, very different. Yeah. And yet we use the products and diff- the pomade and the powder in different measures mm-hmm. depending on the hair type. And we were able to do all of the hairstyles. Yeah. I will say that Jenny's hair, the late 1770s uh, ski slope, the ski alpine, mm-hmm. was absolutely the hardest. Oh, gosh, yes. And it, it was, was so because hard. of her hair type. And also, Jenny's hair was long, but she... Cause she, she she told me, and I'm, I hope she's okay with me saying this on on this, but she had had a baby, and she and this happens to a lot of women where they have postpartum hair loss, and I, she had some postpartum hair loss, and it's never really quite grown back in the same way that it used to be, and so she she's like me, I'm actually quite I can be quite thin on the sides, like I have a lot of hair towards my back. Also, there's that guys like your hair growth in different locations. Also, like some parts are really thick and some parts are not thick, yeah, yeah. and so on the side for her where we really actually needed a lot of length and a lot of hair to deal with the ski alpine she physically just didn't have the hair and it even though it was long it still wasn't super long and then yes her hair texture because made it very tricky made it very tricky because if you just looked at it funny it would be like fly away yeah so that was very challenging that was the only hairstyle we actually did twice yeah because we had to to adjust the cushion but we learned so much that we could impart to all of the Asian women mm-hmm. in the costuming community, and there mm-hmm. are a lot yes. of Asian women, how to use this stuff on mm-hmm. the hair because it, it was a 
uh, different yeah. um, method. It mm-hmm. was we looked a lot at how geishas that do was their hair. Fun. That was super fun. And the products that they use. And we're talking about very different parts of the world, but mm-hmm. the same kind of mechanics going on. Yes, absolutely. With pomade especially mm-hmm. uh, so that was some of the the challenges that was definitely the hardest Absolutely. that was the hardest yeah so in the book we have the mm-hmm. hairstyles we have the recipes for the mm-hmm. pomade the powder the rouge and some other things but we also have millinery we do accessories accessories bonnets hats and, and bonnets and and all sorts of things we did about two for every chapter so yeah. every hairstyle gets two it has like things. if there's a cushion there's a cushion then there's like a cap and then usually there's Sometimes like a hat, there's a hat or, a or a bonnet, bonnet or something with it. Yeah. There's a lot. We made a lot of those things. They're I all know, in my closet at home. I know what your favorite accessory is. Oh, the Kalash. The Kalash. The Kalash of the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> your darling little asshole. <laughs> oh, God. When we, so doing the Kalash, it was one of the first projects that we did. And the Kalash is the really, really big green and pink mm-hmm. bonnet crazy looking bonnet that Lori wears in the um the donut chapter chapter. yeah so the big uh coiffure beignet Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's wearing the uh the calash it was a very early project I was looking at the existing literature for it so I found some patterns for later Mm -hmm. calashes from the 1790s and I was looking at Colonial Williamsburg's collection Mm -hmm. I was looking at the auction sites that had them I was looking at anything I could lay my hands on because the problem is is that the calashes that do survive a lot of them are actually misdated yeah most of them are are much older Uh, sorry much younger much younger um the 1770s calashes are constructed I would say more simply. Mm-hmm. They don't have this back panel, um, but they have a shape, this oblong shape, that is controlled by the angle of the back seam, mm-hmm. and which is an English seam, by the way, which is, that, you know, that's... An, that's uh, Fun came, uses. Yeah, many uses. I keep mm-hmm. finding that in the 1630s as well, so yeah. happy days, super yeah. cool. Um, so it's made from this, basically a giant rectangle, but there wasn't information on how to finish the bottom edge. There wasn't information on how to keep it in that oblong shape. So I made about four little <laughs> tiny models. They were and they just float around about, the office. They're still there. They're like six inches tall, like trying to work out how these things were made. Mm-hmm. And I, I finally worked it out. But even then, there's like, oh well, maybe we should have used flat cane there. Mm-hmm. Round was more difficult to work with or yeah. whatnot. But I'm very happy with how that came out. It, it is. Be monstrous it it's huge so we big. the only time we've ever worn that was in new york city walking around <laughs> manhattan because obviously when you're when you're gonna go goof off in new york city and central park you're gonna wear the clash you're gonna wear it. the collage and people really do stare at you you are large but it, it was a very and fun in project. charge that is that's my favorite it's your favorite millinery project. project from the book hmm. what's yours Ooh, i'm trying to remember all of them now i think it's gonna be the proto poof just because it's so weird. Just because it's so weird and like no one's ever, you see them all the time in portraiture in like the late 60s and early 1770s and you see them in American portraiture. Mm-hmm. We acknowledge you. And French, uh, yeah. And French and English. Um, and But no one's ever really made them. We've never seen anyone like do costuming with them or reenactments with them. And But here are these women and they're wearing these things and and so it's like, hmm, let's what this? What this? <laughs> do you want to get weird, Lauren? I, do you want to get weird with me? Weird. Like, I always want to get weird with you. And so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, just get those rumors going. Um, <laughs> um, but that one 
was super fun because it was it was a bit of a like you know reverse um, archaeology, if you will. I, I know some people are sensitive to that term, but it was taking the photos and going, okay, well, we see this. Okay, it looks like it's actually structured. There are some components here in the design that seem to carry through. It's the shape. It looks actually really good with this hairstyle. Like, let's let's try it. Let's see what happens. And when we made it, and it was a... Where's the weird part? You said, did I want to get weird? I want to get it weird. We're, we're always weird. This is a weird. This is actually, yeah, this is true. This is very tame for us. <laughs> but the portal proof is weird. Because no one's ever done it before. That's the weird. Is that you were like, yes, let's go, let's go do this thing together. Um, <laughs> your face right now. <laughs> There's noise. That we're just hearing noise. Um, we don't know if you all hear noise, and we apologize if you do. Um, but it was really cool to make and to see on Cynthia. Yeah, it, on it all cost, came together. It all came together. It tied in beautifully. The proportions were lovely. It really finished off the look. I had my reservations because mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, this looks Victorian. It did. And it turns out Victorian looks it. Yeah. Uh, once we put it on Cynthia's head, I was like, whoop, yeah, that's, yeah, there yeah. we go. And yeah. then Cynthia and I we're in New York City. We were at the Versailles exhibit yeah, at the Met. To to that one. And they had this giant painting full of, uh, you know, those paintings that have like 500 people in them. And you're like, oh, okay. And all the women in this painting were, not all of them, but a, a lot, lot of, of them, them were wearing these little proto-poofs on their head. Mm-hmm. And it dated from 1768 or mm-hmm. seven or something. I'm like, there they are. Cynthia kept pointing them out. Like, there's one, there's one, there's one, there's one. Mm-hmm. It was very, very interesting. And that was a pretty complex project. It project. was. The it quilling on that was... Yeah tricky yeah it's not a easy project it's not a beginner project especially if you do the quilling in silk organza so that was yeah that was scary i've seen uh at least one person has made one and it turned out beautifully magdalena regina just made one and it looks great it was stunning um so ours is not the only way to make it but it's the way that we made it it's the way we figured it out yeah it's i would call it kind of an adifet we didn't Mm -hmm. know what the names of them were so we called it a proto poof because in a chapter actually the next chapter or the chapter two chapters from there we actually make a poof yeah so which was called a poof at the time yeah the poof is not the hairstyle guys spoiler alert it is a thing with race cars on it <laughs> and birds. <laughs> so what is your overall favorite memory, Abby, from writing the second book? Being done with it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Isn't that always the way? <laughs> I, 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 I forgot about the chair, but I think the chair is probably my favorite. I mean, like, that was... Now that I've reminded everyone. Yeah, now you've reminded me of that. I'm like, yeah, that was a pretty good time. I mean, like, having Nicole obviously come and do it, and, like, she looked great. Mm-hmm. And having Cynthia, I think having a lot of friends actually come and be models was really fun because it helped make it a more relaxed environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was it probably was cool one to m- include real people from the community. As yeah, well. exactly. Um, but yeah, probably like the very last photo shoot and it's me and <laughs> the chair, like, cause now I can just remember it out. And I, I just, just so distinctly remember being like, no, like I was trying to like communicate to you quickly enough to get out of the way or get me up or help me or save me. And I couldn't. And so it was just like, and melting. Um, I think one of my favorite, I don't know if this is a memory, but it's something I had the most fun with in both of our books is the footnotes in the second book. (laughs) There are a lot of them. We made sure to really, since this was a subject that hasn't been put down on paper Mm -hmm. before, we really, really went for it with the footnotes, but yes. we also had a lot of fun with the we footnotes. We did. We went overboard. There are things in the footnotes that were formerly whole essays um, <laughs> that became footnotes just because we Cheeky couldn't footnotes. fit them. But like, you know, there's information about hedgehog hairstyles in which they mm-hmm. actually were 
in there. But we also had some fun. Um, Abby, <laughs> you you cited something about rats in New York City subways. I, I, I looked up the size of rats I we, found in these paper cited about like, the largest rat found in New York City subways. We cited Outcast. We cited Adam's family. Adam's family. Like we, we, oh, we will say the footnotes are full of Easter eggs. If you have not read them, we strongly recommend it. And yes, the ones that are serious are serious. It's a modified Chicago format. Yeah. And then the other ones are like... There's one footnote that says, don't believe us, Google it. Yeah. There's some that are very firmly tongue-in-cheek. And, and it's just... Some, but some academics somewhere is rolling over in their future grave. But yes. Cunnington, current grave. But yeah, like, <laughs> at least we cited it. Yeah. So the, we took the footnotes seriously, but we also had fun. And that's mm-hmm. that's the same as throughout all of the book is we try to keep it kind of yeah footloose and fancy free while also presenting good information yes. real information because because history shouldn't be dry and and sharing good information shouldn't be boring like but your hair powder should be dry yes keep really your should. powder dry ladies <laughs> it's starch it'll get weird if it gets wet yeah don't do that uh but yeah we just wanted to have fun with it and share really good solidly researched information i mean jesus lauren you now are like fluent in 18th century french <laughs> <laughs> it is super weird. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, I mean, what Abby's referring to is a lick of it, but you can no. read the shit out of it. <laughs> Le Grotta Rumini and his his manual, his hairdressing manual. I was like, there must be hidden. Uh, this is the, actually our next question is, what are we most the, the most proud of? And and this is one of the things I'm the most proud of is is getting from the horses' mouths, if you will, Le Gros and uh, Leonard's books and how they wrote about hair and how they wrote about themselves and how they wrote about each other was mm-hmm. hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, Le Gros, I was like, okay, I've got this, you know, coiffure française, whatever. He was the hairdresser to Madame de Pompadour and the women of the court before, uh, well, he, I mean, he died and Leonard took over and, and basically bashed him yeah. <laughs> after uh, posthumously. Frenemies. Um, yeah. Not even friends, just enemies. <laughs> Uh, but Legros, he wrote this this book that's full of what are described as grotesque illustrations, mm-hmm. and they they really are, and they must have been real people. But I was like, this has to have secrets in it. Secrets. Like, what are these diagrams? What are they talking about? And it turns out that Legros basically just was self promoting himself. That's, spoiler alert! That's what like, that's what they all are. Yeah. Of, of like, I am amazing. Take my class. Buy my if stuff. If you take, if you come to my hairdressing school, we'll give you these seals. Mm-hmm. And the book has these illustrations in it of these beautiful. Uh, I, uh, seals is all I can call them. They're like, ah, and this is what he gave out as commendations once you passed like well, your like first your diploma grade. or your like kind certificate. Of. Yeah. Yeah. And the weird diagrams. I was like, what are these? They were just haircut diagrams. Like mm-hmm. there actually wasn't that much information in no. Legros book that we didn't already have or know in Some any other of the resources. English books, but I got very, very good at deciphering mm-hmm. some weird 18th century French. No, I will also <laughs> say that even though like I look slightly dead behind the eyes in my photo shoot for the Coiffeur Francais, I definitely looked a lot better than the women in the gross book. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys don't know, you, you just go look at it. We'll post the link or some videos yeah. on the YouTube because, whoa. Well, and then to follow that, uh, Leonard's story, Leonard Atui, about how he became the court hairdresser mm-hmm. to Marie Antoinette coming from the theater and the women that he knew in the theater. And he talks about Mademoiselle Guimard and people that I've run into before. And yeah. I kind of started to feel this weird familiarity of like, they all knew each other. It's like Facebook for the 18th century France. Yeah, I, I guess so. So or that's Twitter. one of the things that I, I was totally like, 
madly into. I spent a weekend doing that. That's awesome. I shouldn't have been working, and I was. But <laughs> so the right. ne- the final question then is: Are we writing a third book? <gasps> On three, one, <laughs> two, three. No. No. <laughs> I mean, I think I'd like to. In the future, we have some ideas of what it could be about, but right mm-hmm. now we're very focused on um, doing business, building our business, yeah. our footwear business, and maybe in the future, but right now, no, because let's let's not beat around the bush. Writing a book takes absolutely everything out of you. Yeah, it does. And, and we and did two back to back, and we're still recovering from it, to be perfectly honest. Like someone was like, oh, 18th century. I was like, please don't talk to me about that. I need a break. Very intense when it's, when it's a how-to book with a lot of projects in it. Very, mm-hmm. very intense. Yeah. So, so no third book, not yet. Maybe in the future, we'll see. But if you would like to have a copy of book number two, The American Duchess Guide to 18th Century Beauty, you can get it on our website. We also do signed copies. So if you want a signed copy, you can buy it on our website and click, yes, sign my copy. And we will be more than happy to do that for you. We do also ship to uh, Europe, the UK, outside of the US. So if your like, local Amazon or your like local book retailer doesn't have a copy or they're sold out or something, which I know can happen, um, you can always order it from us and we'll ship it to you. But you can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it. It's, a, it's distributed by Macmillan. So it's literally everywhere readily available Um, it's it's about 20 bucks or or less ish it depends Um, on where you buy it from full color book lots Mm -hmm. and lots and lots and lots of photos that i took and and edited patterns oh my god so there's a lot of information we are very very proud of it yes um not to bash our first book but i believe our second is better oh i agree as far as is structure and all of that they Mm -hmm. definitely go together so we hope that you enjoy it yes the american duchess guide to 18th century beauty yes and we hope you enjoyed hearing a little bit of behind the scenes stories (laughs) about writing this we're so far separated (laughs) from it now that we're like yeah we could talk about that funny time that I'd be like wiped out in the chair and like oh I hated doing this hairstyle it's <laughs> so but yeah well thank you it. very much for tuning in if you want to see some visuals head on over to YouTube if you're mm-hmm. already on YouTube thanks for watching this on YouTube yeah and you can always find us on Instagram Facebook uh, we are American Duchess and Blog. our website AmericanDuchess.com for footwear shoes legwear and of course the books and patterns so we will see you next time and thank you for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe or leave a good review please. Oh, bye